Welcome to Viva La Festiva. Right now I'm hiking at Summit Lake State Park. You can probably hear the birds. <laughs> it's a little haunting here right now. There's like fog and all the trees or all the leaves have fallen. So it's like, it looks kind of creepy out here. <laughs> We're saying if we saw Slender Man, it's like perfect for Slender Man uh, environment. <laughs> Anyway, um, I wanted to try this out because in the past episodes there have been just like this really boring thing where there's no transition. Like I record while I'm in the closet, uh, the, which is my studio, <laughs> and, and then I, uh, I do the same recording for, I do the opening notes in the closet and then I go into the body of the episode um, still in the closet. So it, 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 there's no change in the way it sounds. So I thought that was kind of boring. So I'm trying this out where I'm have something a little bit more engaging, show you that I actually have a life and I'm doing stuff and hiking, um, which is something that my wife and I love to do. Uh, so I spoke to the, someone that, um, someone from the festival board committee that we're gonna be attending in January. And they were actually like cautious with me. They were like, oh my gosh, so if before you put it up, can we listen to it so we can give approval? because there's some certain things that we have to be careful about mentioning like businesses or sponsors. And that kind of got me like worried because I was thinking, oh my gosh, like if I said something in the past, you know, in the other episodes um, that I'm probably not supposed to mention like businesses or, or uh, just, I don't know, it's like um, specific things. Like for an example, in that other episode, I mentioned the movie Midsummer. Like, is it, am I not supposed to mention other things without approval. I don't know. I, for, for the most part, I think majority of the stuff I've mentioned is pretty original to the episode, so or the festival rather. So I think I don't have anything to worry about there. Uh, but have you bothered to check any festivals in your area? Hmm? Is there something strange going on in your part of town? Have you thought about what festivals you would like to attend? You know, maybe you'd want to take the two hour trip, three hour trip or day trip to go see one that you're really passionate about? Or have you even thought about what festivals you would like to host, create? Hmm? Seems impossible, right? Well, on that note, this next festival is was actually created and put on by 10 volunteers. So that's something pretty cool to think about. You gather nine other friends or family that are interested in something. Do you hear those birds? That's awesome. <laughs> See, I'm, I think I'm already liking this transition thing idea more. Anyway, uh, yeah, do you have nine other friends or family that are all passionate about something? Hmm? Maybe you'd want to get together, rent a venue, and host a festival. Have sponsors like family-friendly businesses or family-owned businesses, rather. Hmm, that's an idea. So it's totally possible for you to put together something that you're passionate about. Hopefully it's something ethical because my friend Monroe mentioned a throwing of cats festival that would occur in Belgium as late as 1817. And based off the name, you could, yeah, uh, it involved throwing cats to their demise out your window. This was a way to rid your house of evil spirits. Hmm. Fortunately now the festival is a lot more ethical. <laughs> there is no throwing of actual cats. I think they throw like stuffed animals, but there is still a cat thing. Like the people dress up as cats. They have like a cat parade, things like that. <laughs> so that'd be cool. Maybe in the future, if I ever want to go to Belgium or something, I'll try to shoot for that date and time to catch the throwing of cats festival in Belgium.
Anyway, this next festival, I think is the smallest one that we've covered so far, but it definitely had a lot of spirit. So have a listen, and I hope you enjoyed this episode where my beautiful, I almost tripped, my beautiful wife and I attend the Festival of Gingerbread. I can't get over those birds. The Festival of Gingerbread in Fort Wayne, Indiana. On December 12th, 2022, we attended the Festival of Gingerbread in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Apologies in advance as I tend to accidentally let it slip and call it the Gingerbread Festival. This festival was set to run from November 25th to December 18th at the History Center. It is limited to the hours of operation of the History Center, so Monday to Thursday, 9pm to 5pm, Friday and Saturday, 9am to 8pm, and Sunday, 12pm to 5pm. In order to get a guest for this festival, I had to attend on Monday, but that wasn't much of a bother at all. So the History Center was really cool, and I'll try not to ramble too much about it, but it essentially was a museum, and the building had so much history. Built in the 1800s, this building was, I think, three stories tall, not including the floor below, which actually used to be the jail. And the History Center actually kept the cells in there and made it an extra exhibit where you could see the history of the policeman back then and the equipment they had. When we arrived, we paid a total of $12 for two adult admission and pretty much got run of the place. Since we arrived maybe about 30 minutes before our scheduled interview, we got to take a small stroll around the place and see more of the history of Fort Wayne. I really appreciated the inclusiveness of the history displayed as well. They had Hispanic heritage, Black history, Native American history, and women's activism throughout the years. There were extensive exhibits talking about the building blocks of development in the city of Fort Wayne. Everything from the development of the electric fan to creating the railroads that connected Fort Wayne to the surrounding areas. But we're not a history podcast, right? We're here to talk about the Festival of Gingerbread. This festival works in conjunction with the Night of Lights event that takes place Thanksgiving Eve. The Night of Lights event occurs in the downtown area and consists of afternoon activities, hot cocoa, carols, and a fireworks show at 8pm at the Parkview Field. I worked that day, so it wasn't possible for me to attend but I saw some of the pictures from the downtown Fort Wayne website, and it looked like a pretty packed night. Apparently, there was also a window decorating contest for the downtown businesses where voters can cast a vote from November 23rd to December 11th for their favorite window. The Night of Lights essentially kicks off the Festival of Gingerbread, but alongside the gala that occurs at the History Center. Our guests will talk more about that later. We took a small stroll into the Shields Room, which is where the gingerbread houses were located, but only for a bit before our interview. We didn't get to see all the gingerbread during that small stroll before we got to meet with Todd Pelfrey. Todd Pelfrey was a very professional individual, and he has a lot of experience doing interviews like this. So he was actually giving me some pointers, like some good advice when it came to interviews. For an example, he had some notes printed out, which, if I remember correctly, Donna Reiner at the Eagle Creek Park Ornithology Center had notes printed out as well. So, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of embarrassed because I've just been using my phone's notepad to refer to. So, I think I'll have to add print out notes to my routine before attending festivals. 
Todd also was able to close in a room just with the two of us for this interview. This room had like white paper clippings littered across the floor, and that was because of the create a snowflake event that occurred the day before. I'll touch more about those activities later. But without further ado, here's our interview where we get to learn more about the Festival of Gingerbread. I'm extremely lucky to get some time to speak with the executive director of the Fort Wayne History Center. Mr. Todd Pelfrey, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jacob. Um, can you give a brief history of the Festival of Gingerbread? Well, the, the history of the Festival of Gingerbread uh, dates to 1986 when a group wow. of dedicated uh, History Center volunteers began thinking of a way to uh, celebrate our community's heritage around the holiday season uh, in a fundraising fashion. Um, they had the, the brilliant idea to highlight gingerbread houses, yeah. um, presented the first festival of gingerbread in that year with a few dozen gingerbread creations, uh, and it has grown tremendously um, over the past 36 years. We just, uh, a few weeks ago, opened the 37th annual Festival of Gingerbread, and, yeah. and already the crowds and the response have just been really terrific. <laughs> that's so cool that it's just a group of volunteers coming up with a great idea. I'm sure that's... That's a good inspiration to people that have this idea and get together and Absolutely. build it together. <laughs> and it's interesting to see um, there, there's a fair number of times where we will have guests come back who um, either their parents or their grandparents were involved with the establishment of the Festival of Gingerbread. So it, it truly has become um, a rewarding intergenerational event now uh, 36 years in the making. Oh, that's awesome. How has it changed over the years? Has it grown or has it changed locations at all? Well, the, the festival has always been part of the Allen County Fort Wayne Historical Society. Mm -hmm. It's always been our, our holiday um, period fundraising event. Um, the organization itself has a much longer history. We were founded in 1921. Um, as the Allen County Fort Wayne Historical Society. And so we, uh, we in a comparatively short amount of time, um, have been presenting the Festival of Gingerbread. But during that time, it has really grown to just been uh, to just be an astonishingly well-received and, and cherished holiday tradition in Fort Wayne. Yes, absolutely. How many visitors do you think you have on a daily basis? Um, during the busy periods, we will register, you know, between one and two hundred visitors per hour. That's when <laughs> that's when it's extraordinarily busy um, during the annual downtown lighting night or during our annual free night. Um, many Saturdays, Sundays, and Fridays will 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 host well over one hundred visitors per hour. Um, before the pandemic, we uh, would regularly host right around 11 or 12,000 visitors per year. Um, obviously, the pandemic uh, took a major, major downturn right, the past right. couple years. Um, I'm delighted to share that uh, as we're speaking right now, we still have a week to go in the 2022 Festival of Gingerbread, and we have already hosted 10,301 visitors, which is way, way, way above um, above pace. And, and knock on wood, by the time that this piece airs, we well could have set an all-time record. Um, the record itself is 12,360 visitors um, that we hosted way back in 2011. So uh, with a few days left from the Festival of Gingerbread this year, we definitely have our sights on that record. Sure. When you said, when you mentioned busy season earlier, when do you think the busiest time, the busiest season that 
that um, you see the most amount of visitors. Um, during the Festival of Gingerbread, yeah, with, yeah. Our, with, with our, our in-the-door uh, public attendance. Um, the History Center itself has a, a wonderful free school group visitation program oh, wow. that we have hosted for the past 20 years um, that allows free visitation to all regional kindergarten through 12th grade classes um, during the regular school year and not during the Festival of Gingerbread. That's the only time that we don't allow the free school group visitation. So throughout the school year, that's our, our busiest time, just hosting school groups. Sure. Um, but just for our regular public attendance, by far, it's, it's the festival. festival sure. um, here's a good question. How much preparation goes into this festival? Like, when do you guys start planning for such a big event like this? Well, as one might imagine, with so much activity condensed into a comparatively short amount of time, yes. so much of it is with the, the preparation and the setup. Um, the, the History Center begins planning each year's festival um, as we are presenting the, the current year's festival. So right about a year's worth of planning. Um, and amongst our gingerbread artists, I can attest that some of them begin planning 363 days in advance. <laughs> the, uh, the, the final drop-off date for every year's festival is on a Friday, and then we conduct the, the judging process on a Saturday and announce the boards on a Sunday. And I can't tell you how many times on that Sunday I will hear gingerbread artists planning for their, their next their year's donation. So <laughs> some, some of them will spend just over 360 days prepping. Sure. Has there, has there ever been any kind of like monster, just giant, like huge gingerbread houses? Or are they kind of, is there a requirement to stay within a certain dimension? We do. Yeah, we do. Just, uh, just because we would love to be able to present... Uh, We'd love to be able to continue to present all of the houses in one room. We yeah. do limit the size of gingerbread creations. Sure. Um, that being said, sometimes folks go a little bit beyond the bounds. <laughs> um, vertically is when it gets interesting. It's, oh, wow. it's interesting to see some of them that, that are actually quite stable and tall. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's one of the, the joys of seeing just what is going to come in every single year. We are continually surprised and amazed. So what is the absolute must-see event that visitors should attend when it comes to the Festival of Gingerbread? Well, if guests are looking for a, uh, a more reserved, quieter festival experience, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we always open um, with a very special uh, behind-the-scenes preview gala. Um, that's, that's the first time that the public is really invited to experience the gingerbread creations. Um, for those that are looking for a busier and a more festive gingerbread experience, we recommend um, joining us the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, which is the annual downtown Night of Lights. Uh, the History Center itself is always the very first um, spot during the downtown lighting night events when we light the turret on the northwest corner of the museum at the intersection of Bar and Barry Streets. Um, and while guests are here, they, uh, they can join the crowds and be among the first in our community to experience each year's gingerbread creations. <laughs> Great. So a big part of this podcast is understanding and realizing that festivals are thrown in the spirit of something. Now, this isn't necessarily a festival just about gingerbread, like the ingredient or the, the actual baked goods, exactly. The uh, reason why I say this is that because there isn't a huge focus on the cookie itself, you know. So what do you think this festival is thrown in the spirit of? Well, I, I think it's twofold. Um, one, it's uh, like, like in virtually every community um, in the world, uh, every community, great and small, has their own 
um, traditions, and many of those are wrapped around the holiday seasons. Right. Um, in Fort Wayne, for for so many residents, um, the, the holiday time is a, a special time to come downtown and experience the, the, the merriment of the holiday season. Um, in, in a lot of ways, that can be traced to the 1940s, 1950s, and 1960s, um, when we really saw the height of uh, downtown celebrations. And so much of that was wrapped around the magnificent holiday displays that were featured in uh, the beloved Wolf and Dessauer department store, just a few short blocks away um, from the History Center. Um, you, you ask folks uh, in Fort Wayne of a certain generation what they think of when they think of the holiday season, and Wolf and Dess Hour immediately comes to mind. Um, so in, in, in a lot of ways, the spirit of the festival gingerbread is directly traced um, back a few decades to those mm -hmm. early downtown public celebrations. And then we saw a, a, a number of local festivals spring up um, in the 1980s, including the Festival of Gingerbread, the Festival of Trees. Um, and so in, in a lot of ways, we're, we're a continuation of the, the early and the, the mid 20th century holiday season. Um, those festivals that were developed in the late 20th century, uh, but certainly more recently, I, I think that with the, the renaissance that the downtown Fort Wayne has experienced over the past 15 years, many more people are eager to come downtown um, and experience uh, or, or recreate some of that, uh, that holiday magic of generations past. Sure. We just took a, a little bit of a dip inside the gingerbread room. Um, we noticed there were so many different kinds of people entering. There were youth groups and just children on their own. Like, what kind of um, participants do you usually get? Who, who, who makes the gingerbread houses? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's another magical part of the, the Festival of Gingerbread is each creation um, you know, is the result of either uh, an individual or a group. Um, and we truly have some of the finest gingerbread artists in the country, uh, if, if, if not the world, truly. Um, the Festival of Gingerbread is one of the longest uh, running such events. Um, and especially in recent years with the, uh, the, the style, the creativity, and the, the extreme imagination and innovation that, uh, that goes into each one of these creations. Our gingerbread artists could absolutely stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with, uh, oh, with yeah. any other gingerbread artist they might encounter. Sure. Um, this year we have 135 individual gingerbread creations, wow. <laughs> which is the fourth most in the 86-year right. history of the event. Um, and to be able to provide um, an area for gingerbread artists of, of all ages and skill levels uh, to express their craft is, is something that we hold very dearly. Um, I've often said, you know, we don't we don't do it for the money, we do it for the love of the gingerbread and, and definitely the financial support to the, the History Center is valuable. We uh, will generate right around one-sixth of our annual operating revenue during, uh, during every festival of gingerbread. Um, but in so many ways, it's, it's very special and rewarding to be able to, to offer the festival as a, as a way for these gingerbread artists to express their skills. Yeah, you know, when I started the podcast, it, it was all about that, I call it the win-win-win situation. I mean, it's, you bring awareness to the community, you bring the community comes together to create these things. And like you said, we went in there and there were some pretty good looking gingerbread houses. 
Now that being said, do you think you're pretty good at gingerbread houses no. making them? No. Not in the slightest. No, no. No. I have some I have some basic uh, construction experience, but <laughs> I limit my construction to to, to building sheds and decks, oh, not okay. gingerbread. I see. <laughs> Great. Well, I think that inc- uh, that concludes our interview with Mr. Todd Pelfrey here at the Festival of Gingerbread. Thanks again, Todd. Is there anything else you want to say to our listeners to know before attending? Maybe they're considering about attending the Gingerbread Festival. Well, certainly, um, we will. We we have been presenting the festival for thirty six years. Knock on wood, we will continue to do so indefinitely. Um, any listeners that don't have an opportunity to visit the History Center in person. Um, one of the one of the only positive things to come out of the pandemic was the development of a virtual festival of gingerbread tour. Wow. We uh, we first created that in 2020, and then again in 2021 and 22, um, and we will continue to offer those virtual tours through the History Center's museum shop. If anyone listening would would like to purchase their own access to a past virtual tour, yeah. just visit fwhistorycenter.org. Great, perfect, thank you. That was a good one. I feel like Todd genuinely had a passion for this event. And I have to admit, I think I genuinely like hearing someone talk about something they're passionate about. So after this interview, oh, funny story. So remember that cautious festival board member I mentioned earlier? Well, they called as soon as I sat down with Todd. And I could have sworn I told them to call like two hours later. But looking back at my email, I see that they called me right at the time I must have told them. So... I gotta get a little bit of a scheduling mix up there. That was a bit embarrassing for me. But anyways, after this interview, we went back into the Shields room to see the rest of the gingerbread houses. There were some really good ones. Well, I mean, all of them were good, but for some, it was clear that there were some bakers in the family. Like, there was this really cool one that was made to look like an aquarium. Personally, I like that one because we have a few aquariums. But it was still pretty impressive because there was sugar glass for the walls and a very intricate octopus, probably molded with some molding chocolate. There were also some very creative ones, like this one that looked like an exhibit from the movie Jurassic World, where a toy plesiosaurus was breaching the surface to snatch a little dangling Swedish fish. Let's see, there was one inspired by Stranger Things, there was one that was made to look like a famous hot dog place in the city of Fort Wayne, There was one that was made to look like a little zoo, complete with animal crackers. Man, like, really, there was a lot of creativity taken in a lot of these. What was pretty cool was that there was an auction for all these houses as well. In front of every house, there was a little note card where people can write how much they will pay, like a silent auction. There was also another room where there was another silent auction happening. But most of those prizes were package deals, like tickets to the zoo or some private tours of the local chocolate factory... There was also a football signed by the Indianapolis Colts as well. So during the duration of the festival, there are activities for the kids every Saturday and Sunday. These activities are Handprint Reindeer Puppet, Legend of the Gingerbread Ornament, Visit Santa Claus, Holiday Storytelling, Holiday Cards, Create a Snowflake, Science of Sugary Structures, and the Cookie Decorating Party. So sure... These activities are directed more for kids, but I bet it would be a fun, quirky date idea. Some of these activities are labeled as being an additional dollar along with the museum admission, some are free, and others are $3 in addition to the museum admission. Once we felt we saw all the houses, we went downstairs to the small gift shop. It was small, but we managed to find pins, a magnet, and a patch. Although these weren't festival-related, they were still good souvenirs. 
And of course, there were gingerbread men for sale. And good thing, because the shields room with all the houses made me want to take a bite so bad. These gingerbread men were provided by Prairie Farms, which I think was the local place. They were only 75 cents and were pretty good. So here's the thing. This festival wasn't a huge festival with cheesecake on a stick or monstrous chicken sandwiches. There weren't any live performances or fortune-telling booths either. Instead, there was something that I'd argue is the most important thing around this time of year, which again was December. There was spirit. And you know, initially, I didn't want to cover a Christmas-themed event in December because I wanted to move towards the quirky or odd festivals. But this festival was almost a reminder that December is really magical for some, especially with the children. Like, when we were in the Shields room, there were kids that were literally out loud saying, wow, like as if they were seeing the most intense thing they've ever seen. Combine that with the downtown businesses coming together to light up their businesses and decorate their windows, and the fireworks, like, come on. Like, it's a combination that really brings out the holiday spirit. It goes without saying that this is a family event, and I may say, it's a good festival for the citizens of Fort Wayne. Huge thanks goes out to Todd Pelfrey for taking the time to speak with us about the Festival of Gingerbread. And if you want to learn more about Fort Wayne and the Festival of Gingerbread, I'll include the History Center's website in the show notes. That includes another episode of Viva La Festiva. And that will be the last episode, or rather the last festival of the year 2022. So I'm really excited for... <laughs> I just can't stop listening to the birds. All right. Uh, so I'm really excited for 2023's festival. I'm actually recording this. They're actually getting on my nerves a little bit, to be honest. I might... <laughs> Hopefully you can still hear me and they're not too loud. Uh, so I'm really excited for 2023's festival. I'm actually recording this in January 2023, so there's a little bit of a timeline issue you might have to understand, because I'm sure this episode will probably end or air somewhere in the summer. So kind of, yeah, imagine my perspective. This is January that you're that I'm recording this. But I'm excited, especially around the summertime, because through my resources, the website I'm using where I get a lot of these festivals, there are tons happening in June and July. Like I, there might even be the opportunity to do one like every week, or I might have to just make some sacrifices and not attend something that looks a little, that's not as quirky as a different one. A lot of choices to be made there. But you know, I'm asking myself a good question when it comes to the summertime. I'm asking myself, when should this season end? Because, you know, I, I want to take a break. I can't, as of right now, it's my first season and I, I really can't call myself a full-time podcaster. So I need a break. Um, the first festival that we covered was in September of 2022. So I think the next season should start in September 22. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, this season will probably end maybe the beginning I don't know, like the first week of August. If there's not a festival in the first week of August, I won't do another one in August. Like I'll just probably end it in July. So you might get might get the season finale episode 
regarding a festival occurring in August of 2023, which will probably air, let's see, a few months later. So it'll probably be posted in January. Yeah, that makes sense because because that one, okay, yeah, it might be posted in January of 2024. So yeah, that's that might be the case. I'm a bit concerned about the February 2023 festival. Uh, it sounds really cool. They even, the people that I'll be interviewing has even talked about giving us like VIP meal tickets and uh, like a tour of the winery that's close by. So a lot of accommodations there. But on their website, it said that <laughs> um, it's recommended to have a 4x4 vehicle or not a 4 or 4x4 four four or all wheel drive vehicle to get to the place. And I'm not sure if that's because of snow or mud or a mixture of both, like a slush. And I really can't rely on the locals here. Um, I guess I'm considered a local now, but whenever I ask Indiana residents about the weather here, they're like, well, yeah, one time we have a blizzard as late as March. And I'm like, what the hell? So sometimes it's rainy, sometimes it's winter, uh, it's snowing. Oh, wow. I don't know who that is. Yeah, sometimes it's snowing, sometimes it's raining. Last week we actually had a snowstorm. And then uh, a few days later it warmed up, all the snow melted, and then a, the next day it rained. So there's a lot of stuff that we can't predict when it comes to weather. We'll just have to play it by ear, I guess. Anyways, if you have any strange or awesome festivals that you'd like me to have a look at, please email that me. Email them to me at beachedjacob at gmail.com. See ya.